Welcome to Game Changing Ed with Donika Arnold Brown. Come in, take a seat, and get ready for this interactive and meaningful lesson designed to enhance your everyday educational walk. This weekly podcast will offer quick gems from educational leaders and teachers to help you be successful. Now, let's get started. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'd like to welcome and introduce our guest for today, Ms. Melody D. Matthews. Welcome, Melanie. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited. You know, I follow you on Instagram and I look at your posts and your lives and your videos and you are such a great presence. I am excited to have you as one of my first guests on the podcast. Um, And I'm excited to hear um, your story and your journey um, in education and where you are today. Thank you so much. I am ready to share. Okay. So Melanie, um, Melanie is an elementary literacy coach um, and founder and lead consultant at uh, Literacy Work. Um, so I want to pick your brain a little bit, but let's start kind of from the beginning. So tell us how you got started in education. Um, if you have your master's in instructional coaching and kind of where you are today. Okay. Um, my, um, journey in education is quite a lengthy one and I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. But my first interest in education actually began when I was about seven years old. I don't know if anybody knows of the game called Rock Teacher, where you put a rock in one hand and you put it behind your back and you cross your hands in front of you and you ask someone to choose the hand that has the rock. And if they choose the correct hand with the rock, then they move up a step. So I was always Rock Teacher. (laughs) So that's where it all began for me. But um, I began my professional career in 1997 of March as a first grade teacher. And I was very um, fortunate to be able to observe the retiring teacher for about two weeks um, because it gave me like that on the spot model because this was my classroom that I was going to be responsible for. And so I was able to kind of emulate the things that she did and just kind of make that smooth transition. So I was very fortunate because I know not many people have an opportunity to watch the teacher who they're going to replace if they're replacing someone to, um, and she was like the most, Oh my goodness. It was like a private school, private classroom within a public school setting. She was magnificent. Um, But I taught first grade for five years before moving into another school and teaching second grade for two years. After teaching second grade for two years, I became a sixth and seventh grade ELA teacher, which was um, very exciting because, Mm -hmm. you know, now I only had to plan for one subject versus planning for all of the content areas. So I'm like, oh, woohoo. Right, but right. My hat's, my hat's off to elementary school teachers. <laughs> I know, right? Everything. Everything. And you have to have grades for all of it, too. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But the downside to teaching sixth and seventh grade ELA is that I had a massive amount of papers to read. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness. So this is a trade-off. So after teaching seventh grade, um, while teaching seventh grade, actually, there was a posting in my district for, an, for a literacy coach. And so I said, hmm, okay, well, let me go ahead and try it because I had seen it um, previous to that. And I didn't think that I had enough skills and abilities to perform that task. And I don't know why, and I'll tell you why I didn't know why <laughs> in a moment. So I did reply to the posting. I received the position and it moved me back into elementary school where I became a literacy coach 
for two years before moving to the district office in a large school district with, at that time, about 150 schools. Wow. And uh, I know. And I was an instructional specialist or a, a literacy coach or some kind of specialist, math specialist, um, over the next seven years. Um, early childhood specialist, a math specialist or math instructional coach. I worked in the Office of School Improvement. So I did a lot of different things, which would brought me to my, you know, full circle to my journey. And even, then I left that district. I, I tell you my stories. You said it was supposed to be brief. My story is kind of long, but it's about <laughs> to end. I'm going to wrap it up. Well, so I mean, I, the good part about it is people, like people don't understand all of the ins and outs of what happens to a leader, especially yes. a good instructional leader, once they get out of the classroom, because there's so many different options and areas and where you yes. can go. Yes, and while in the, um, I, I, I took a, another, another job um, as a regional literacy coach, and I was responsible for six cities in the, in the Midwest. Wow. And so that was very new for me. And it was so exciting because now I got to get out of my space and out of my zone and see things on a regional level. And then I also became an, a national educational consultant. So then I could see things literally from coast to coast, from Baltimore to California. So, yeah, the journey is is a great one. However, if you are planning to make this journey, just make sure that you're intentional about doing it and you research before you go out there to see exactly what it is that you want. Along the way, I did receive my master's degree um, while I was teaching first grade. And going back to, I don't, I don't know why I didn't think I was qualified because I received a master's degree with a reading specialist endorsement. Okay. So me not applying for that job the first time, I think I was just scared and not having enough confidence in myself. Right. But, um, yeah, that was the funny thing. A master's, master's degree with a reading specialist endorsement, K-12. How could I think I was not <laughs> experienced exactly. or well-equipped? <laughs> but yeah, so now I have my own consulting company, which is, like you said earlier, Literacy at Work. And I've been working on that um, steadfastly for the last year and a half. And I absolutely love it because within it, I could do a lot of things. I can help teachers because my area has always been instruction. I have been asked on several different occasions if I wanted to become an administrator. And administration is just not my cup of tea. I like right. helping teachers. I like instruction. Yeah. And so with that being said, I love doing literacy at work and I love being a literacy coach and an instructional coach because I get to work where I think the work is the most impactful and that's with the teachers. So that's what I do. That's what I'm all about. And I'm glad you said that because it kind of leads into kind of my next question of, you know, explain to those because nowadays, you know, <clears throat> the evolution of not just the student, but really the teacher in the, um, mm -hmm. as a whole has kind of evolved within the last, I would say, five to 10 years in terms of social media and things like teachers to teachers and being on Instagram and being influencers in the education arena. You know, you think of influencer and a lot of people just think beauty or entertainment, but now we're in this new age of edu educators being um, influencers and instructional, lead instructional leaders and showing what they're doing on social media. So 
because that was my first introduction to you and literacy at work and you have a great thing called um, coffee with the coach so mm-hmm. kind of give us how you evolved from being <clears throat> someone who's more not even evolved but have you just added to your tool belt um adding social media and what you're doing online with literacy at work with your coffee with the coach um and those things your webinars your ig lives how have mm-hmm. you kind of used that platform to continue your work and supporting people you know, <clears throat> with the coming of social media, it was like the best thing ever, I, I believe, for educators. Because what I've learned in being an educator and having the opportunity to go outside of my classroom and look at teachers and go outside of the building and look at teachers at the district level is that so many times we were working in silos. And mm-hmm. we had some of the best expertise right next door to us. But we never got a chance to see those great teachers and with the coming of social media it's it's like it opened everybody's classroom doors who are on social media to give us this diverse experience of all of these different teachers and teaching teaching techniques and teaching methods and ideas it was just explosive i remember when my daughter was in the second grade um i guess it was kind of a double-edged sword when she would be on spring break I would be at work when I would be at work she would be on spring break so therefore I never got a chance to kind of sleep in never but what I did do is I used that time when she was at school and I was on vacation I would go to her school and I would just ask her teacher if I could sit in her classroom and watch her because I needed to see other educators and what they were doing and I got so many different ideas and I would take them back to my classroom and implement them So with social media, I found that, okay, people are on here thirsting for information, basically. They want to learn. They want to know. These aren't the teachers who are kind of stagnant in their career and and they think they already know all that needs to be known. You're not a lifelong learner if you think that you already know everything that needs to be known. I consider myself a, a lifelong learner. Yes, I do know a lot, but there is so much more that I need to learn. And so being on social media and, and, and spreading my word through social media is such a thrill because I get to reach people like you who otherwise I wouldn't have met. So, for example, the coffee with the coach, that was something that I implemented from me being a coach in the building. And originally, the coffee with the coach series was for parents. I would invite my parents in so that they could learn and take with them literacy skills and strategies that they can work with their stu- with their children at home. I would go over the five components of reading to make sure that they were clear and what each of those were and the role that they played and how all of those um, components interlock. Although they're all standalone and they're important on their own, they all interlock to make it more powerful. So I just transferred the coffee with the coach over to social media to help other educators and other aspiring coaches get an understanding or get an idea of what goes on in an actual day in life of a coach. It's a lot of different people have different perceptions if they're not familiar with coaches like, oh, they just don't do this and they don't do that. But it's really, really a job when you're doing it correctly. So the Coffee with the Coach is really a spinoff of my actual uh, program I had in the building. And using stories just to keep people updated and behind the scenes on just your regular life. Yeah, I, I am this professional and I do 
instructional coaching and I coach coaches, but behind the scene, this is what I do. I'm a real person. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. You know, I work on this. I'm building that. And I want people to see that, you know, there is a reality aspect to being a professional. I make a lot of mistakes, a whole bunch of mistakes, but I recognize them and I correct them and I move forward. So just getting other educators to understand that not only is there a, another world out there, massive world out there where you learn different things, but you also have a support system, which is part of Coffee with the Coach. I do give topics, but within our conversations, I open the mics and we all have this robust discussion about whatever the topic is. And many times it goes off topic, but that's okay. But what I'm going to do new this year is that I'm going to have open coffee with the coaches where you just call and we discuss whatever it is you want to discuss. So, you know, just having um, those things to be available and having the tools in your box everywhere, everything you do, every experience you go through is a tool for your box. It's either, okay, yeah, I know this and I was confirmed or I didn't know it. Let me put this in my box so I can use it next time. So we're constantly picking up tools along the way. Um, everybody, I, well, I think everybody does it, but I learned that what I think is not actually what happens. So if you yes, don't do it. I've learned that more and more over the last Yes, because I just assumed that before all of the um, assessments that we do now, NWNA, NWEA and all of those assessments, that people were doing their own assessments in classrooms and they weren't. And I was doing it every day. Yeah. And so, you know, we think everybody's doing what we're doing, which is why it's so important for us to get out of our silos and into other people's classroom spaces to see what it is that we can, how we can improve our profession. And I love that because even for me, although I'm not new in the profession, I am mm -hmm. more in really using social media, not only to share my knowledge, but to gain more information for myself that will help improve myself and the teachers around me. Because I've, I've always kind of been that un, um, unofficial mentor for new teachers or yes. anybody trying to do things. And I've never thought about, <clears throat> I too had that initial mindset of, oh, I want to be an AP. I want to go into administration without realizing all the other opportunities that are out there, especially for mm -hmm. instructional leaders. And it has only come from other people that I know um, who I've worked with, who I've, um, I used to be a college recruiter. And so I have a couple of um, students that I recruited who are now educators. And so they're like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I'm like, that is not, I'm like, if you need help, you're more than welcome to call me. But I know like, okay, clearly this is not a no longer about me. This is about those mm -hmm. who are out there who need the guidance and the support because what I'm finding is as I'm looking at and researching and following more veterans and educational leaders, I'm like, for me, it's not new. It's just a matter of putting it out there. So yes. those who need it can see it and can see it from someone who, like you said, has, has made a bunch of mistakes. Like, and talking to parents and creating lessons that on paper looked wonderful and how to come back from saying, okay, that was a horrible lesson. How can I be honest with my students and make a change so I can do what's best for them? And so that's kind of where this new, not even new thing is coming from. It's just really just me putting it out 
for everyone yes. else to see um, that I'm not directly connected to. And so um, it's great for me to see people like you who are doing um, things like literacy at work, having that um, consulting firm and who are hosting the IG lives and the coffee with the coach. And so that kind of inspires me. So I appreciate that because without veterans like you out there who are doing it, who can back it up <clears throat> with experience and knowledge to support what you're saying, um, which is kind of where I come from a lot. I'm like, mm, if you couple of years in, you're still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> still figuring it out. That is the truth. I need some people who have been there and done that and write books about it. Um, so that's kind of my struggle sometimes with social media is seeing some of these bigger, as you would say, influencers and entrepreneurs um, who are still figuring it out, who are not making the connection for the people who are watching them to say, uh -huh. hey, you have to remember what works for me is not going to work for you on your campus or your district if there's a different uh -huh. procedure in place. Um, uh -huh. And that's so true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, it, it, and I'm glad you used the term entrepreneurs because, uh, you know, th this is a, 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 a growing field. But what I hope and wish for the most is that true educators are entrepreneurs because yeah. I've noticed an influx of outsiders mm -hmm. <laughs> coming yeah. in and tapping into this market. And like you just said, it's like, you really don't have skin in the game. No. So you really can't um, make any kind of um, solid recommendations, you know, because if you've only talked the talk, I don't want to work with you if you haven't walked the walk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I take my profession seriously and I'm very sensitive about my profession. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I've become offended when I see really and and not to step on anybody's toes but this is totally my perspective i i'm really offended when i see outsiders come to our profession trying to make a change and they don't even know what change looks like in this profession they exactly. don't know what goes into that change they don't know the obstacles that so you know i'm like uh mm -mm. yeah uh, goes have a seat over there somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah and then not only that but you don't know you don't understand the decision making that goes behind it, you know, um, you haven't been in it long enough to see changes even happen where you are to understand That's how right. to navigate those changes and then how to support other teachers in navigating. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> and that was just one thing I wanted to go back with when you were saying um, how your your students are, you know, asking you that how you're being a mentor and people coming to you. And what I found is that I think, you know, for people like you and I, that's a natural thing because um, I remember the first time I did my first presentation at a staff meeting about homework and how, how many minutes um, each grade level should spend on homework based on uh, Marzano, based mm -hmm. on Marzano. Mm -hmm. And so afterwards, I had a teacher come up to me and she said, you know what, this is what you should do. You should be a presenter. That's where Literacy at Work was actually born, was yeah. from that conversation, because I had never thought about doing it. And the same day, another teacher came to me asking for advice. And, and that just really threw me for a loop, because I'm like, you're asking me for advice? Right. And it was the same day I had given this little miniature presentation. So uh, I, I believe that people are drawn to you for a reason, and that's because you have what they need. And you may not even recognize that. And right. that goes right into teacher leadership. 
what you were talking about. There are so many different lanes in teacher leadership that you could take without becoming an administrator. And you can still be helpful and you can still be powerful and you can still be impactful. You can just be a, a grade level teacher leader, which I eventually became. Mm -hmm. I was a grade level um, lead for first grade out of, first, out of four first grade classrooms. And I was the youngest teacher. I was the youngest one. And so, you know, you can be a, a teacher leader on that level. You can be a teacher leader in your building. You can be an instructional coach of whatever type, academic, um, a content area. You could be an instructional specialist. You can work not only in your building, but in, in the district, at a district level. You can work on a regional level. When I, was an when I did educational consulting for another company that took, exposed me to the national market, I was just really like in awe. Because again, I was out of the building, out of the district, but I was still doing what I loved, which was educational consulting and help, helping other educators on a national level. So as an educator, you can go far, but don't expect the journey to be easy. Right. And, and I want to emphasize that because there are ups and there are downs, especially when you're out here as an independent consultant, you'll be flying high one day and the next day you'll be down in the valley. Yeah. You have to be mentally equipped for that. And if you can't handle being an independent educational consultant, it's okay because there are other big companies out here that you can work for and still fulfill that dream if, it, if that's a dream of yours. Yeah, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you are absolutely right in that there, there needs to be more of us who have had enough skin in the game, mm -hmm. who are willing to open up and put ourselves out there so that, one, we don't continue to lose good educators who are coming in oh, and out of the field. <laughs> you know, three and five years and who can't handle it because they can't deal with the politics or the pressure, pressure mm -hmm. dealing or surroundings, testing and all these other things. Um, and then also so that we can make sure that we are really supporting and training our educators who are getting out of the classroom so early, who are good classroom teachers mm -hmm. and supporting other teachers so that they can leave their legacy of instructional leadership behind because that's not happening either. Yes. There's an influx of teachers who are going into leadership who are not, you know, they say, you know, you should reach back into your community, reach back and not just in a way that is required of you as an administrator, but in a way that truly supports the good teachers that we have coming into our profession and making mm -hmm. sure that they stay because our kids deserve it because that's the ultimate goal is making sure that our kids are getting the best education they, they can get by people who want to be there and who are willing to make sacrifices not sacrifice everything in their personal life but who are willing to think outside the box who are willing to go on to instagram and look mm -hmm. at what these teachers are doing across the country and how to implement that that will best meet the needs of the students in their classroom Mm -hmm. and sometimes you do when that happens when you do get into administration you know that can happen where you get so bogged down by the day-to-day -day rigmarole and policies yes. that have to happen and procedures and meetings and off-campus here and fights and uh, parents popping up at then you know your campuses and things that have to happen mm -hmm. that we really truly forget that <clears throat> we've got to support our teachers and mm -hmm. make sure that they're getting what um, what they need. I mean, that's just an ongoing conversation that I plan to continue um, on this podcast with, you know, other other guests, but I'm glad, you know, we've had an opportunity to kind of bring that up here because it is very important. And I feel that as an instructional leader, 
um, it's my responsibility. Right. Like I said earlier, I take my profession very seriously. And I think that part of my profession and part of me being in it is to make sure that I mentor other teachers to show them the love of teaching. Because what you're, what you're saying is true. They're out of here in three to five years. Some mm -hmm. of the teachers. So what is it that we're not doing? Are we incentivizing in some kind of way to make them stay? And it, it, the incentive doesn't always have to be monetary. You know, the incentive can be great encouragement and, you know, those types of things and recognizing right. when yeah. teachers are doing good things, value them, valuing our educators. And in so many instances, we're devaluing them. Yeah. And for what? We can't have them running and fleeing the profession because who do we have left who is skilled enough to educate our students? So we, we have know, to make we sure. We only have the ones who are couple of years from retirement who are only there to stay to yes. retire. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I got two more years. Let me top out. You know, it's like, okay. Doing more, hurt than, uh, more hurt than help. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just riding the time, literally. And yeah. so we have to be more supportive and we have to be that sounding board and we have to be able to um, provide encouragement. So to let them know, you know, I've been there, I've done that. I can help you get through it. If you just do this, or I'll show you how, or let me demonstrate, or let me talk you through it. We have to just be there because sometimes that's all educators need is to feel supportive. Unfortunately, many of us don't work in environments that have, that are supportive. And, you know, we have to make sure, and, and, and that's another thing about social media. That's where social media comes in because those educators who may feel that they're lacking support bam, here we are, Instagram. You have support. You have support here. And, you know, we have to take our, our new teachers and we have to show them um, the brighter side of things and keep them here because we need them. I, I remember one of my closest friends, she was an educator. She has another business now. Um, but she was in another state and she texted me a photo and it was a photo of um, a bench at a bus stop. And the advertisement on it was, your, it was a blank, an outline sketch of a, a, a face that said, your face here. And it was like, be an educator, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? That is so rude and disrespectful. So you're saying that anybody can be a teacher. Exactly. You just put your face here and you can do what I do. You know, and so that's where I feel that our, our profession has been diluted because many people do think and feel that they can do it just off a whim. And it, it, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy at all. So we have to be those mentors to teachers who, you know, may feel that kind of way. Oh, I'm going to give up. Well, you know what? Let's try it this way. And, let, and, and you have to have, in my opinion, you have to have some years in the game again in order to be an effective mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't mentor somebody and you've only been in three years. You know just about what they know. So, right. you know, you have to have some skin in the game in order to be an effective mentor as well. Yeah. Well, I, I, great, great conversations. Um, and kind of to wrap us up, what advice, and you said some of this um, before, and we've touched on it both, but what advice would you give? Because I think with this conversation has gone and supporting teachers in the classroom, but most importantly, or not most importantly, but in addition to that, um, encouraging our effective instructional leaders 
to really put themselves out there so people can see what they're doing and can learn from them. Um, and with that in mind, what advice would you give to any classroom teacher who is looking to get out of the classroom, who is looking for either a leadership position, an instructional position, what things would you tell them to encourage them to do so? And that would help um, put them kind of ahead of the game if they were to receive it. So for the veteran teachers, um, for them, I would, I would say for them to get out and explore, you know, sometimes we become comfortable where we are. Yeah. And we know the systems where we are. And sometimes we, not to say don't accept change in a negative way, but, you know, it's better just to stay with my system instead of change. If I could get those veteran teachers to, to do instructional rounds, just to go and visit in other yeah. teachers' classrooms, you know, I think starting there with them would open up a world of possibilities of what they're doing in their classroom. And, and it may be very well, but how can you enhance it? Because we're always looking for improvement, always looking to make sure that we can reach all the students in the classroom. So just getting them out of their comfort zones and into other teachers' classrooms. And I think, again, that's where social media comes into play for some of those. And then if you're talking about veteran teachers who, are, who really have like 35 years <laughs> in the system. I don't know how many of those are actually on social media. <laughs> right, so, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's a that's a different dynamic. But to just to get them to see other teachers and in and know and to experience other methods. You know, that's what I have for the veteran teachers. That's for the new teachers. I mean not the new teachers, but teachers who are aspiring to take on uh, teacher leadership roles. The one thing I would say to those teachers is to do your research to see where you want to go. Like I said, there are different paths. Do you want to remain in a building? Do you aspire to be an instructional leader at a district level over multiple schools? Do you aspire to work on a regional or a national level? So do your research and see what it takes. See, read some job descriptions and try to match up what you're doing now with what they're asking. And if you don't have all of those qualifications, start working on them now. For example, if it says um, they're looking for someone, if the job description says they're looking for someone who has experience with curriculum design, and you, and you know that that's your deficit, then start now. You know, there are so many ways that you can educate yourself um, on the internet, it's ridiculous. So start there. Um, and some other advice I would, I would give is to be ready for criticism, especially when you're working with other adults. Sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes mm. it's about what they're going through. Yeah. So you have to have a tougher skin. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a tougher skin when you're working with adults. Um, just a, a quick story. I remember working in a school in California and I had observed a, a kindergarten classroom and I debriefed with the teacher afterwards and I knew that she was uh, older in age and I had mentioned something about retirement and she really flew up. I was like, oh, well, something because I'm a jokey kind of person. Well, I know you'll be glad when you retire. And so she took that soul to the left. Wow. And, and when I had another meeting with her, you know, she was saying that she was really uh, disappointed that I would um, actually suggest that she retire and I was not doing that whatsoever but then when I talked to the administrator that's what they were trying to do they were trying uh -huh. to force her to retirement however I went into her classroom again and 
her printer was not working. And so I said, okay, well, let me see what I could do. And I fixed her printer. And that put us on a good path. We were able to have a working relationship after that. So again, I say that, you know, the angst or the resistance that you may get from adults may not be you at all. It's something else they're dealing with. So make sure you have that tough skin. Make sure that you are a lifelong learner because no matter how much you think you know, there's still more to be learned. And, and, and education is innovative. People come along with different things all the time. You want to be on top of it. You have to be equipped and knowledgeable about technology. Um, and that's everything with technology from Google Docs and classrooms to social media to emailing platforms to all of these things. And if you're thinking about being an, a consultant, an independent consultant for yourself, be ready to do all the work that a business does. You are the bookkeeper. You are the, uh, <laughs> you do yeah. your own appointment. You are your marketing team. You are all of those things. So whatever path you intend to pursue, just know that because you have the knowledge and expertise already, you still have a lot more to learn and just get ready to do that. And if you're not a lifelong learner and if you don't love to learn, then that might be a difficult task for you. Oh, such great advice. Such great advice. Oh, I'm so glad that we have had this opportunity, Melanie, to connect and talk, to dive into this discussion. And I just appreciate you. I appreciate your, your online presence and I appreciate your willingness to share what you know and how to support educators. Uh, everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for extending the invitation. I'm like, oh yeah, I love to talk about education. Let me yeah, know. Right? respond. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks again for our sub for today, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GameChangingEd and GameChangingEd.com. Have a great day.